I liked what Sandy said earlier about the mileage that we get with the Lord. So I was thinking maybe today, whenever you're here at Mom, that we can give you some more gas for your tanks and that you can get a little bit more mileage out of your role as a mom. But Happy New Year. And this is our first mom of 2014. Every month whenever you come, on that first little table as you come under the right, the round table, we have prayer request cards. So if you have a prayer request, please fill out one of the cards. Put it in the box. Do not think that we're talking about it amongst ourselves. One person will see the card. One person will be praying for you. We really do value confidentiality here at Mom. It is a precious thing to have confidentiality. So, we have our read aloud giveaway at the very, very beginning. Who has the name tag that has the two little hearts on it with the number one and then the number two? Woohoo! Jen, good. Go back and get your books whenever mom is over with. There's a book number one and a book number two that's back on the buffet table. Last month at mom, our topic was joy, which is finding a way to be happy even when things do not go our way. It was a great topic for Christmas, which seems to be one of the busiest times of the year. But did you notice that one phrase in the definition of joy, when things do not go our own way? When we fall short of our own expectations, we have a tendency to take it out on those that are closest to us. So, our topic this month is knowledge, and knowledge is learning something new so that you can be the best at whatever you do. So today, I'm going to share a few little snippets of knowledge that I have gained over the years of moms, as far as organization goes. As Sandy had said, we do have a a new format in our mom mag, so Happy Heart is on pages three and four. If you want to open it up so you can fill in the blanks. Talking about that when things don't go our own way with joy, I fell short of my own expectations of joy on December 15th. It was two days before we were leaving to go on a trip. I had a lot to do. I was exhausted that this scenario sound familiar to anybody a week before Christmas. Still, it was no excuse for my behavior whatsoever. I lost it with Steve, the person next to the Lord that loves me the most. I apologized many, many times. I know that I needed to let go and let God take control of the situation. I needed his help to prioritize my schedule and get done what was important for my family to have a nice Christmas. Not what I felt needed to be done, but what was good for the common goal of my family. So after apologizing several times and feeling horrid for taking it out on my husband and praying and then prioritizing my list, I really did get accomplished what I needed to get accomplished. I got on the plane. I tried to read, but my eyes rolled right back in my head. And before I knew it, Steve was tapping me on the shoulder and saying, Honey, we're here. I slept the entire four hours and 12 minutes of the flight. I got it done. But I was exhausted in the process. I have shared many times I am not a perfect mom. And I do not have perfect kids. We all fall short of the glory of God as Romans 3.23 reminds us. 
It is inevitable we are going to sin. <laughs> it is the next step that we take that is so very, very important. It's admitting our wrong and asking for forgiveness and then doing our best to do a 180 and try not to repeat that episode. Paul said it best, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do. But what I hate, I do. That is so true for us all as human beings. I have looked back on that Losing It episode with Steve from December 15th. I've had a couple of repeats on those. And it has reminded me of the many times in my life as a mom where I have fallen short and I have lost it. I recalled one day when Stevie and Matt and I had the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. I can't remember exactly what they did, but I remembered exactly what I did. I took a shower. I dressed in one of my favorite outfits because you always feel better whenever you have on something that you like. And the kids kept on saying, Mommy, where are we going? I remained silent. Mommy, where are we going? I remained silent. When Steve walked in the door, he was surprised to see me sitting at the kitchen table. He too said, where are we going? And I said, we are going nowhere. I am going to the mall. The kids were looking around the kitchen door at Steve. He saw the set look on my face, and my precious husband said, here's some money to have dinner. After several hours of roaming the mall, I ate dinner uninterrupted. And I came home. I was ready to face my family with a smile on my face, and my sense of humor returned. Psalm 4610 tells us to be still and know that I am God. Be still. Those are very important words in our life as a mom. Knowledge from the Word of God has gotten me through many a trial as a mom. When my children were babies, I clung to Proverbs 3, verses 4 and 5. It says, Lean not upon your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will direct your path. As my kids grew older and daily life changed a little bit, Joshua 1.9 was my mantra, Be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged. Do not be terrified. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then, when I had teenagers, I found 1 Kings 3.12. And I started jotting down W and D on many a prayer sheet. So what is W and D? It is wisdom and discernment. I love the story. Solomon, David's son, was king, and the kingdom was firmly established in his hands. He made an alliance with Egypt, and he married the Pharaoh's daughter, and he finished building the city walls and the temple in Jerusalem. And he walked according to the statutes of God, except he offered sacrifice. Now, after one such sacrifice of a thousand burnt offerings, imagine offering a thousand animals up for a burnt sacrifice. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and he said to him that whatever he wanted, he would grant him. And Solomon, as a man, said, I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Imagine a king saying, I'm a little child. I don't know how to carry out my duties. 
That's us sometimes too. I'm only a child. I don't know how to be a mom when certain things strike me. Then Solomon said, the people that I govern are numerous, and so give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish right from wrong. The Lord tells him, since he did not ask for riches or to have defeated enemies, he was going to give him what he asked for, a wise and discerning heart. And that the Lord promised Solomon that there would never be another man that would be his equal. Solomon is known as being the wisest man that has ever lived. We as moms need wisdom and discernment to raise our children to be responsible, compassionate, and accountable adults. I love this story. It is so important for we too can feel inadequate like Solomon. And we too need to go to the Lord and ask him to supply us with wisdom and discernment. Every month at the bottom of the Happy Heart Handout, I always give you 10, sometimes more verses to look up. And I would love to supply you with a background story for each and every one of those verses. But I only have 25 minutes and Happy Heart. And so we would not have time for me to give you the background story. So whenever you look up those 10 verses, I encourage you to go through the entire context. Read the entire chapter if you have time. There's only 10. So if you take one verse a day, that's 10 days that you can do a little mini individual devo, some individual time alone with the Lord. Go down at the bottom and read the synopsis. Read what else the word, the word is trying to tell you. Strong families are based upon biblical character traits and supporting verses. And our vision statement here is at mom is connecting moms to build strong families. Strong families seek what the word of God says. So each month, please look up those verses. A children's song says it's perfectly. You know, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. It is so true. If you stand on the word of God, it will help you to be equipped for anything that you can face as a mom. Wisdom comes from knowledge, and knowledge comes from the word of God. And 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us all scripture is god Breathed, and it's useful for four things for teaching and rebuking and correcting and in training in righteousness so that we can be equipped for every good work. Scripture will equip us for every trial that we might face, it will give us a goal and it will teach us how to pray. As moms, we need goals. And we need a plan. We have to prioritize our days and do what is most important. One idea that I used that a girlfriend told me years ago, and it's, it helps me so much because I have a, a tendency to get distracted from my primary calling of just going in a room and straightening up. And I find this magazine, I find this toy, or I find these pictures. And then I, all of I know, I've spent an hour in a room that I only wanted to spend 10 minutes in. So I set the timer And I only allow myself to spend so much time in each room whenever I'm cleaning, especially the bathroom. I just set that timer, and I always meet my goal for setting, for beating the clock whenever I clean uh, the bathroom. We waste time without meaning to. Whenever your children go to bed at night, have them pick up their room to pick up their toys before they go to bed. And then you, too, pick up throughout the house before you go to bed. 
God is in control, not us. So we have to ask him to lead our day, and he truly will. Colossians 3.23 reminds us that whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God and not for men. Our topic today is knowledge, and knowledge is learning something new so you can be the best at what you do. As I had said, I'm going to share some organizational tips. But first, I have to back up to 1993 and give you the reason that I had to do some of those organizational steps. It was October, and we were already set into our schedules of school and sailing for Stevie and flag football for Matthew. He was five at the time. It was such a busy schedule for our family, but I felt the Lord was nudging me to slow down and to prioritize. Steve and I prayed, and we decided that I needed to stay home for two weeks and not go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Two weeks, I stayed home, and I went nowhere except to church on Sunday and then to Matthew's football games on Saturday morning because we had already committed him to the team. Thankfully, there were no selling regattas in that two-week period throughout the state for Stevie. I called the coaches and my BSF leader, and I explained to them what I was doing. They understood, blessed, relieved, because you could get someone that would not understand what in the world that you were talking about. And that is when I started placing my Bible on the kitchen counter so that I could glean from its riches on a daily basis so that I could read what the Lord was trying to tell me as I was staying home for these two weeks. It's also when I started staying home Sunday through Thursday nights. I went nowhere Sunday through Thursday nights. This is something that I did all the way through high school. Even when Matt graduated and was a senior, I was home Sunday through Thursday night. So I would be there and my kids knew that they could count on me. It was a testimony for our family that the Bible and the kitchen counter and family time, me staying home, was very, very important. Now, there were exceptions to the rule, of course, when there was a school event that we had to go to, but usually Steve and I would take turns in going. We also started the practice of the kids being involved in only one activity that I had, Bible study fellowship. Stevie had her sailing. Matthew had whatever sport was in his rotation. But you know what? It was such a relief when I told others, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't do that because I stay home Sunday through Thursday nights. It was my way out. It was so easy to say we only do one activity. It was my way out, not to get a heavy, heavy loaded schedule. Each family has to decide what is best for their family and it's wise that it should be a husband and a wife decision. In 30 years of parenthood, Steve and I can actually say we've been there and we've done that. We know that this too shall pass. We learn not to major on the minors <laughs> most of the time and to keep a sense of humor. This is a must to have a happy heart and a happy home is to keep a sense of humor. If you have trouble... Keeping a sense of humor, there's a children's book called A Thousand and One Knock Knock Jokes. That will help you to keep a sense of humor. Another thing that we did with our children was making sure that they got ready the night before. They got their backpacks by the back door. They laid out their school uniforms the night before so that mornings were very, very smooth. They could not have breakfast until they'd already gotten dressed and made their bed. That way all they had to do to rush out the door was to brush their teeth. 
It really, really worked for our family. So let's look at a few organizational tips that worked for me over the past 30 years of momhood. I pray that you'll find one or two, maybe more, that will make your days go a little bit smoother. Number one is purchase a day timer. We didn't have cell phones back when I first started being a mom, but you can purchase the app for your telephone now. This is a must. Forgetting an important event or double booking something can be embarrassing, and also it can make that child or your husband feel like they don't matter to you whenever you have forgotten an important event. I prefer a day timer. I still do. I just like seeing the written word. Maybe it's just my age. I don't know. But on the last pages of my daytime, I will begin to go ahead and fill in the dates that are coming up. Like, I already have dates for 2015. I already have dates for November and December of 2014 in the back of that day timer. When my children were going up, I also had a listing of their teachers and their closest friends and of their coaches in case that I needed to get in touch with them. It was a handy reference. It really was. The second thing is to make a schedule and stick to it as much as you possibly can. Now, you don't need to be super organized, and you're not going to keep that schedule every day. You need to be a little flexible there. Prioritize will become your middle name. I liked keeping one day a week that I stayed home, and I went nowhere. I just found that that was best for me and my temperament. A tired mom is a frazzle mom, and as the old saying goes, if mama ain't happy... Nobody is happy, that's for sure. Limit laundry time. (laughs) I only did it twice a week. And do you know what I found? My kids started planning when they wanted to wear that special outfit. They started finding some new things that were in their closet that they never knew that they had that was in there. Laundry is a thankless chore. I have some friends that do laundry daily. You do not have to do laundry daily. If your clothes do not smell, and if they do not have spots on them, they do not need to go into the laundry room. I have another friend whose children change clothes three times a day, and their clothes always go in the laundry basket. What is this? That outfit is perfectly clean. And I want to go and hang those little clothes back up in the closet. She's doing a thankless chore just because her children want to change clothes multiple times a day. Try it for a month. I can guarantee you that it will work. Number three is to delegate. Every child in your household needs a chore to do. You can't go to college with them. So you need to start the independence, even with a toddler, even with a two-year-old. A two-year-old can pick up his toys and put them away. A two-year-old can set the silverware, the flatware, and the napkins on the table. Like I had said earlier, get your clothes ready the night before, your backpacks ready. Put your children's clothes out the night before. So what if their outfit does not match? Just let them do it. And when they go to church or someplace important, then you can try to guide them. I love to see these little kids, especially little girls, with little boys too. They come to the grocery store and they have like every play outfit that they have on their bodies and they're wearing mismatched shoes. And I just get so tickled. I think it is so darling that this mother is letting this child be completely independent. It doesn't matter. They're not going to go 
for a job interview wearing mismatched shoes and a tutu or a cowboy vest. So, you know, just let them have their independence right now. Our children practice what they see. So we, too, have to get up and get ready and get our things ready the night before so we can get out the door very, very smoothly. Number four is deal with the mail daily. (laughs) You have a stack of mail on your kitchen counter. Toss those flowers, flyers and the junk out right away. Place your magazines and your catalogs in a separate bag and put them in your car because you will wait in line copious amounts of minutes waiting on your children. Look through those magazines and those catalogs at that time. Place all your bills, place your bank statement and other important notices in separate folders and pay them. Deal with them only twice a month. Don't let paying bills and working with all that paperwork consume you. There's a lot more important things to do. Your kids will be 18 and out of the house before you know it. Number five, post-its are mom's best friend, or at least they're this mom's best friends. I cannot live without sticky notes. As a matter of fact, Sandy Zinser, she used to be one of our, our mentor moms. Um, when I was a BSF leader, she left a, a post-it pad on all of our chairs in a circle, and on the front she had written Vicky stickies on, <laughs> on every one that gave them to us. So today your favors are some little notepads, post-it notes, so make, please make sure that you get them from the basket that is back on the pool table. Number six is get out your small cooler and use it for after-school snacks and drinks. It is more cost-efficient, it is healthier, and it's time-saving to pack your own drinks and your own snacks rather than pulling through McDonald's. Children need a little picker-upper whenever they get out of school or they're going to events or they're running errands with us. You can spend an hour on Sunday making a whole bunch of little baggies they keep for up to five days, and then you can grab and go as you rush out the door. Prepare extras if you have a tendency to haul other kids whenever you're traveling back and forth. Then get a small package of wipes and napkins for the console in your car. Number seven is to keep a grocery list on your fridge. As you start to run low on something, simply write it on the list. It's another grab and go. How many times have you went to the grocery store and you come home with items that you really didn't need, food that you really didn't need, or you're hungry and you really buy things that you do not need. So make your list and you can grab it and go whenever you go out the door. Number eight is cherish your mementos. Now I started, I didn't learn to do this until my kids were older, but my bookcase looks so neat now. I have all these little brown containers and this one says Matt, I think it's PP3 through second grade. So every year as the school year began, I just got a big folder like this. I put their name on it. The, the, the year that they were in school, this is kindergarten, 92, 93. Every important thing that happened that year and I thought I wanted to keep, I put in here. And then every few months I would go through it. And then... <laughs> And now whenever my kids are home, they're 27 and 30, guess what they like to go through are these little things. It's snippets of mementos that are great for our children to see on what has happened for them over the years. Mementos work as a keepsake when they're carefully chosen. 
Number nine is hurricanes. We'll teach you this. But important files need a safe home, preferably a fireproof container for insurance policies and birth and wedding certificates, for baptism certificates, for passports, for titles, for banking information. You can't always get to a safety deposit box if there's a hurricane or if you need something over the weekend. Believe it or not, I have pictures of every room in my house and of my Christmas decorations because no claims adjuster would believe what all that I have. I have even opened up my closet and taken pictures so that they can sort of see what you have inside your closet. Christmas pictures are a really, really good idea to do. Number 10 is your Christmas. Make a list of who you gift and what you receive so that next year you will be more organized and cost-efficient. Purchase gifts throughout the year. Whenever I travel, I don't buy from myself. I try to pick up a gift or two, and I usually have all my Christmas shopping done before Thanksgiving. Plus, I find some little tiny things that were more interesting, and they have a story behind it. Number 11 is clean out all of your closets and your drawers on an annual basis. This is best done during the summer months to get rid of stuff. If it has not been worn or used or played with in a year, you are not going to wear it or use it or play with it. If it has antique or sentimental value, well, you got to keep a few of those things. That is for sure. As I have said, straighten up your house before you go to bed at night. Teach your kids to do this too. Because if you wake up to chaos, you're going to have a chaotic day. Chaos carries over, but organization helps us to have a calm demeanor whenever we first wake up. Outer order contributes to an inner calm heart. Number 12 is car time. Use your car time efficiently. Purchase a clipboard for every child, toddler, all the way up through elementary, high school. Your child can do their spelling words, their math memorization, their Bible verse memorization. They can read aloud to you. Then whenever you walk in the door, you got all that mundane stuff out of the way because you've made good use of your car time. I used to carry a large Ziploc. They make those huge Ziploc bags now that you can put coloring books and, and keep your school supplies up to date. So that's my dozen tips as a mom. Some of the knowledge that I have found over the years that worked for me. I pray that my sharing of prioritizing and having a plan, having a goal, and my organization have helped you. More importantly, I pray that you fall in love with the knowledge that comes from the Word of God. Psalm 19, 119 tells us to hide the Word of God within our hearts so that we might not sin against Him, so that you can pull it out and use it during a trial. May you share with your children what the Lord has taught you. Oh, moms, do you not know? You water. And you wait, and you'll see. Also, too, I write a blog every week. One time a week is all that I write. I write it for you all to share what's going on in my life right now and how the Lord has helped me. 
what verses have gotten me through it. So I encourage you to go into ponder365.com, scroll down to the bottom, type in your email address. But if you're not getting it on a weekly basis, that means you have not responded to the email that wordpress.com will send you. So make sure you open up the email that wordpress.com sends you and click follow, and then you'll get the weekly entry. So have a great month of January, gaining some new knowledge.